the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Avery Plouste is an award-winning costume designer for film and television. Her work has been seen across your screens in projects like Ready or Not, The Craft Legacy, JT Leroy, Suits, and most recently, the Netflix series Sex Life, and many more. In addition to her film and television work, Avery has designed award-winning music videos, internationally renowned short films, and several commercials for brands like General Mills, Clorox, and Microsoft. Avery joins us to discuss her work on the new extremely steamy, sexy Netflix series Sex Life and how she got started in the industry. Hey, welcome everyone. I'm so excited. We are finally recording again. We, I feel like we went through a little hiatus because we just, I mean, it's life, right, it's, Alex? It's a, it's a summer hiatus. That's, a, that's <laughs> Summer gets a little crazy sometimes, right? Yeah, and we've personally, I feel like we've gone, been going through a lot. I've been dealing with my allergies and who would have thought that, you know, at my age, I'm dealing with a lot of things that I never dealt with in my life because never in my life did I have allergies. And now I'm like inhaler girl. Like you, what the hell? Do you remember the time that I we were working at MTV and um, I stopped? I don't even know if you were there. I stopped breathing and they had to call the ambulance and no, give me I don't an remember. Epi shot, uh, epi shot. Is it what the hell happened to you? My one of my ex-boyfriends sent me flowers and I was allergic to that flower and it was sitting like on my desk. And then um, I was eating a tuna sandwich and one of our coworkers, Trevor, he comes around. This is way before he was even my boss. This is like back in the day. Um, he comes around my desk and he's like, dude, your lips look really big, like Angelina Jolie. And I was like, really? I'm like, <laughs> it must be that tuna sandwich. And then like within... 30 minutes I was like I almost died but yeah crazy um, <laughs> they had to, it, was, it was wild yeah wild well I've been dealing with something similar and and you know what forget that no wonder he's the ex-boyfriend he's sending you <laughs> shit for you to die love <laughs> right, right yeah but yeah so I've been dealing with all of that and then work has been crazy I think like now that everything's opening up like things are just moving even at a faster pace it is. I don't know about you. Yes. It's like, it's like on speed. Work is on speed. It's like if you thought we were, or everybody, right? I think that if we thought we were busy before, even during the pandemic or prior to the pandemic, now it's insane. It's like nothing it's I've ever experienced before. I feel like every day I'm in award season. That's what it feels like. I'm definitely in award season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all this downtime, I've, I've kind of kept it low key, whatever. I, you know, obviously, I love Netflix. That's just like my jam. I'm like, oh, Netflix day. And then one of those days that I was feeling like shit because of my allergies, I was like, oh, let me just like look to see what I'm going to watch. I watched Two Hats to Handle. Love it. <laughs> Ryan watches that. I don't. <laughs> I died. I love it. Why did I binge it? Like, that's crazy, but I love yeah. it. I love it. I'm like, damn, I should. I, I wish I was in my 20s. I would. So get like want to be casted in that really? show. Yeah, I okay. mean it's a little ratchet, but like I feel like it <laughs> in the end it's it turns into like what we all want, which is like to be in a relationship. Yeah, right? to find love. <clears throat> and then I bumped into this other show. I was like, oh, let's see what this is about. Sex life. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that 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 got my attention. <laughs> How about I binge what oh that show is incredible? Did it, did it hook you? Did it hook you from episode one? Hooked. Yeah, hooked. me too. Me too. I got I hooked mean, on episode show one. Me, show me some Brad and I am hooked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think the rest of the world feels like that as well. Yeah. And then it turned out to be like one of the most watched shows. I mean, it's like hit show on Netflix. And I'm just super excited that we get to talk to Avery, who is the costume designer of the show. Hi, Avery. Hi, Avery. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm glad you like the show so much. We not only love the love. show, we love the characters, <laughs> and we absolutely love exactly the entire wardrobe and everything that you did and you had to do with. So uh, what yeah. we want to know is how you actually got um, started in fashion. Like, what, where did your passion for fashion come from? Um, it was from the time I was very little. Like, I remember my, mo my mom still talks about how from the time I could talk, I was like, I wouldn't I wouldn't let anyone dress me from the time I could talk like it was I was in charge of what I was wearing 
Um, and so, and my mom's an artist, my dad's a packaging designer. I kind of grew up in what now I realize is a very unique um, kind of childhood. Like most people don't grow up who are creative with super creative parents that support them and, um, you know, grow up with an education of the arts and design and kind of immersed in it. My mom was always super fashionable. So I kind of grew up around it. And then I guess when I was probably in high school and I started really thinking about what I wanted to do, um, I wanted to be a fashion designer. So I kind of explored that. I interned with Betsy Johnson when I was 18. Um, I thought that was going to be my thing. And then the recession hit. Um, and that kind of changed everything for me. And I, I realized I had to be more open and that kind of became my mantra in a lot of ways, you know, the, the opportunities that I've been the most open to, but the kind of haven't necessarily been the thing that I thought I should do have kind of led to the, the greatest, um, the greatest things in my career. So um, I was actually working at Betsy Johnson in retail because um, I stayed connected with them. Um, but because the recession had hit, they didn't really want to hire people from um, out of the country because it was, you know, you have to sponsor people and stuff like that. So you're, you're from Canada, right? In, in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. In Toronto. Um, so I was working at the store in Toronto and our tailor was in the film industry as well. She was a seamstress and she was like, you should really try costume and I was like I thought it was like petticoats and kind of like I thought it was very much period stuff you couldn't actually like you know style people and I didn't realize there was like a whole fashion side to it I didn't realize that Patricia Fields who was you know the the costume designer for Sex in the City I, di I didn't put two and two together and like Sex in the City was a huge thing for me when I was younger. Um, anyways, so I was like, I was kind of at the point where I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll try anything. So I got on the permit list here, which is like part of being in the union. And um, I worked for about six months, and then I ended up on the show Suits. And it just kind of like blew up from there. So that's kind of the... So you got your big break through yeah. Suits originally? Is that how yeah. it happened or were you doing other little projects like um, short films and, and independent? Yeah. yeah. So when I worked, so I got onto suits and there that kind of like broke my brain in terms of like, oh, I can, you know, there's a way to tie in my love of like high end designer fashion into this industry. And then I went to a performing arts high school that had, you know, most of the people that I went to school with ended up working in film. And I, so I, when I was on suits, I was like, Oh, I want to be a costume designer. Like what Jolie, the designer was doing. I was like, this, this is what I want to do. So I reached out to pretty much all of my friends who I knew were working in film, who were producers or production designers or directors who were doing like little nothing. Well, not, I don't want to uh, just, disservice the things that they were doing, but they weren't doing, you know, big budget projects, but I just knew I needed to build my reel and my experience. And so on the weekends, I was doing music videos, I was doing commercials, I was doing short films. And then, you know, the thing about working with people on short films is those people eventually direct feature films. So that's sort of how it, yeah. Super important question. When you were working with Suits, did you get mm -hmm. to style Meghan Markle? I didn't get to style her, but I worked very closely with her. <laughs> she, I, I have a lot of love for Megan. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about, so tell us about your, your most recent project and then how you landed sex life. Cause so you started off yeah. with, with really your biggest, big, big break, um, was with suits. And then what transpired after that? How did you end up, uh, working with sex life? Um, did they reach out to you? It's how is that interview yeah. process? How does that work? So, I, I mean, I can kind of go back from like my, if you want, like when I got my first feature film, cause that kind of like, it's a domino effect really. Yeah. So I had done a short film and I became friends with the director or with someone who was working as a PA on that project. And she ended up directing her first film and hired me to design it. And on that short film, I was just like an assistant. So this industry is so much networking, which I'm sure you guys know with yeah. your field, it's all networking and it's um 
building relationships and fostering relationships. Like when I meet people who want to get into it, I'm always like, you're only as good as your relationships because there are so many times when you're in the 11th hour and you have to call someone and they'll come through for you because you have a good relationship. But anyways, so I got, um, that was Gina the Joneses with Stella McGee. And then Stella took me to Vancouver to do everything, everything with her. And then there's sort of this like gray area when you first start designing where, you know, a lot of people aren't really taking you seriously. So I was bought, I was still buying, I was like working as a costume buyer. So that's what I was doing on suits. And then I was doing other projects in between until I would get a design project. So I was doing maybe one project a year that I was designing and then buying the rest of the time. And then when I got, um, when I did everything, everything, I signed to my first agent, which is UTA in LA. And then I did JT Leroy with Kristen Stewart, Diane Kruger, and Laura Dern in Winnipeg. That got into TIFF and closed TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. And then after that, I got Ready or Not. And Ready or Not was really the catalyst of changing my career, in my opinion. Like that just like blew it up. Um, so I had that. And then I... Uh, Miles Dale, who's the producer of Sex Life, he is Guillermo del Toro's like producing partner. Um, and he works really closely with a costume designer in Toronto named Louis Sakara. And Miles knew that they they needed like someone with a young eye to do Sex Life to kind of give it that like kind of twinkle, I guess it has. And so he's worked with Louis forever, and I guess, um, he said to Lewis, because Lewis now does all of Guillermo's projects, like, who is the next you? Who would you recommend? And Lewis was really kind and said, me. I've never worked with Lewis before, but we've like, we know each other. But so that was a huge compliment to me. Um, and so Miles called me. We had lunch. It was great. And then he put me in touch with Stacy, the showrunner, I interviewed with her. Um, and, you know, I kind of I lived in New York at the time that Billy's past was. And so I really related to it in a lot of ways. Um, so that's sort of how I pitch it. Like I'm kind of a Billy. Um, I'm a reformed party girl. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I think we, we all are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone can relate to Billy. Um, so yeah, I got the job and that was kind of it. I love it. And okay. And so you got the job and I kind of want to know as a costume designer, you have to get into the characters, right? Like, Mm -hmm. did you dress all of the characters or all of them? Wow. So do you, when you first day on the job, do you sit down with a script, you read it, and then you go character by character, have a sit down with them. You got to get into their brains because it's not only the character. I feel like it's also the actor, right? Like it's kind of yeah. has to go together. Yeah. And Sarah Shahi and I worked really closely together. She like, um, she is really good style and she's um, very into clothes. And uh, we had like kind of a shorthand. So, and we did not, it, we can get into like designing into COVID designing in COVID after, but like that was a whole other part of the process of like, cause she had 104 costumes. So, but anyways, um, basically what we do when we get a script is, or this one rather we block, we were block shooting all episodes at once. So we had all eight episodes. We do a, a, what's called a script breakdown where you go through every single scene and you dissect what day it would be like a uh, script day one, what change it would be. So like sometimes you'll have multiple changes, like costume changes within a day. So like her nightgown at the beginning of the day, her day, like her day wear and then pajamas again, or you figure all that stuff out. You figure out how many changes you need um, per episode. Then you budget it, which is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I do is I actually use spreadsheets, which is like so uncreative and really boring. But what I do is I break it down into character arcs and like Billy had so many different identities. So what I did was I kind of separated all of her changes into her identities. And then from there, we, we grouped out mood boards based on her different lives she's lived. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. Yeah. And, and just for people that are listening, um, we want to kind of give a recap of the show. Some maybe have not watched it, but now we'll go watch it. So I'm going to give a little recap. If you can help me, Avery, you know the character yeah, a lot it. better than I do. <laughs> but um, so the show Sex Life is about Billy, who's the main character, who is a wife, stay-at-home mom, two kids. Um, and she goes back and forth, flashbacks of uh, in a relationship she had with an ex named Brad. And Brad is this hot, sexy, tall, just goddess. Or, I mean, that's how I see him. And, <laughs> and she's married to Cooper, who is an amazing husband, provider, very gorgeous as well. But very um, vanilla. Right. And with Brad, she had an amazing, obviously, wild, um, adventurous sex life that she kind of yearns for at this point in her life. You know, we see her also um, kind of, you know, just re re recapping that life in a journal. And that's how like the whole thing unravels. I don't want to give away too much, but the husband ends up finding out. Avery? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh it's kind of a roller coaster of, I think, a woman coming to terms with the fact that you can be multiple things. And we live in a society where you're asked to be one dimensional. Mm -hmm. That's sort of that's what attracted me to the project. And that's what I think is so interesting about it. And I think what so many women are relating to and particularly uh, women who are mothers like I, I had a girlfriend who I used to party with a lot and she texted me she like she was like it gave me my mojo back <laughs> that's so great but also like I yeah I think I think it's been weirdly well not weirdly but uh in a nice way empowering to a lot of people to feel seen as I think in media a lot of women don't um identify no a lot of women can definitely I think relate to Billy's former life and then what she's yeah. become, which is this like the, this white picket fence, suburban, perfect mother, perfect wife. Um, yeah. And we all, I'm a mother. So we all like, we still, we're still us inside. We're yeah. not just mothers yeah. and wives, you know? And I think that everyone's just living by curiously through watching the show. And I think that it's doing a lot of really positive things for, for feminism. And that's fantastic. Yeah. Also it's created and produced by women. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's an so Stacy Brookeiser, our showrunner, um, who you know I adore and is such a wonderful collaborator. Uh, she hired all female directors. Um, most of our department heads were all female, um, I think, except for the cinematographers. Um, but myself, the production designer, our intimacy coordinator. Um, yeah, no, it 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 was really great and wonderful what's an intimacy coordinator it's sort of like um a choreographer for sex scenes Ooh. and like uh yeah so she dissects the sex scenes with stacy the showrunner and the director and then she works really closely with say like sarah and um adam if they well if on many of the sex scenes they did um to figure out the choreography and the the direction of the camera and how to hide certain things, how to like, a, yeah. it's an really interesting job. And Casey, um, who is our intimacy coordinator, had a very uh, intense job on this one. <laughs> most, on most shows, it's like a sex scene here, a sex scene there. And Casey was like, yeah, she Full -time had job. There's, there's a scene in episode seven uh that I won't spoil, but there's a lot of intimacy, which I'm sure you guys will remember that scene. That was like a big, and we shot that in COVID. That was a big, big scene for us. But yeah. I love it. And so you're sitting there with the characters, you're analyzing the script, you're breaking down the, you know, I guess, you know, the moments they're in, the year, um, the city, and yeah. also the moments they are in in their life. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I see that change because, like, we see Billy go from, like, cardigans to, like, the famous pink moto jacket. <laughs> Tell us about that because everyone is, like, so yeah. out over it. I didn't – it's it's funny. You never know when you're doing this stuff. And often the things that you are, like, oh, yeah, like, this is great, whatever, moving on. You don't – you don't really – I don't know. I didn't think it would get received the way it was. 
has been, but um, it's wonderful and it's so flattering and nice to have that kind of attention. But um, it was scripted. Stacy had it um, in the script in many episodes and it was sort of a symbol of Billy's past and her um, adventure. And so um, it was just like a pink sparkly motorcycle jacket. That's sort of all it was scripted as. And so I actually, um, I used to wear a jacket kind of like that, but it was navy blue in like my heyday. So I kind of based it on that. Um, and then I did several sketches for it and we landed on the sketch of this one. And when I talked to Sarah about it, we wanted it to feel kind of boxy and not too perfectly um, fit on her just because it comes from a vintage store. And so we didn't want it to feel perfectly tailored. Um, and so I ordered the fabric from, we, we searched high and low for the perfect shade that would photograph well. We tested it, uh, like camera tested it. That's something we do a lot um, on pretty much every project. We'll have a camera test of someone in their costume to see how like it actually looks in lighting because a lot of times you'll, you know, the color you buy in a store often doesn't look that color on camera. So depending on how the cinematographer is lighting it, um, you have to test it. So we tested the color. It was great. It was perfect. And, you know, the more you do this, the more you know how something's going to photograph. So I picked that color deliberately. Um, and yeah, Stacy loved it. Sarah loved it. Um, Izzy Camilleri, uh, who's a Toronto designer who does a lot of building for me. She made it. Um, but yeah, we can't, it's, we've been getting is both Izzy and I have been getting so many people messaging us, asking us to like manufacture it for them, but Netflix technically owns the design. So I can't, <laughs> but it, um, yeah, it's been amazing. The response, but also just like crazy to me. Like I, I've never experienced anything like this before and it's very flattering. What's the funnest thing about your job and about telling stories through clothing and through, you know, costume design? Um, I love telling an arc. Like, uh, for example, in Sex Life, we see Billy where at the beginning of the show, she's very sort of pastel and conservative in Connecticut. And then you see her past and the colors they use in her past are very saturated and rich. And then as the story progresses and her life kind of unravels, you start to see her past colors kind of meld together. Um, so I love telling story through color and also through arc of clothing really subtly. Um, you know, I think costume shouldn't be distracting from the story. It should contribute to it. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my favorite. I also love the shopping. Like if I'm, I wanted to be, I wanted to be Cher from Clueless when I was little. And I've had a couple moments where I'm like in the mall with like, you know, probably 12 bags on each arm, which is like way too much. And I'm like, careful what you wish for yeah. your share. But it, it, there are moments where it's like, you know, well, in sex life, um, when Billy goes to meet Brad's mom, she's wearing this um, Proenza schooler dress that I was dying for at that time in my life. And when I got the job, I was like, Billy's wearing that dress. I'm going to find it. And I did on the real reel. So I think like, I really love the hunt and like getting an idea and then being able to execute it at a high level that that's really satisfying for me. And also when the, when the character comes to life in the fitting room, like there's something very intimate and special about my job in that you work so closely with the actors and you have these conversations about how they want to feel, how they want to look. And it's like, once you hit the nail on the head with their costume, it's like a light bulb goes off in their brain and you see it. And it's the most satisfying sort of um, feeling and to have that with someone else. So I also like love my job. Oh, I can tell. We love it. <laughs> there was another character that I forgot her name, but it's the wife of the of Cooper's. Oh, um, Trina? Yeah, the blonde yeah. girl. Yeah. yeah. She has a very specific look that mm. I feel like is specific to her character. So were yeah. you very, uh, I guess, obviously, you were very strategic about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she. I love Trina. Um, 
And Amber, who plays Trina, is lovely. She's very, she's the opposite of Trina. She's very sweet. Um, Yeah, I wanted the ladies to all feel kind of coordinated and also to kind of copy Trina. You see kind of, um, you'll see her wear something in one episode and then a couple episodes later, they'll kind of have copied um, her vibe. But yeah, I wanted her to feel... um, very put together and prim and kind of the the what Billy feels like she should be um and just kind of like prim and proper like there's kind of an irritating undertone to how she's dressed personally like I would personally never vibe with her I can tell you that um and like like she's very tucked in and um I'll design her clothing and just she's stuck up and it's very reflected in her clothing. <laughs> yeah. What I was going to tell you is actually uh, going back how you said, like, sometimes you like hit the nail in the coffin. Um, mm-hmm. For me, that moment particularly was in the opening scene where you see Billy in that. I don't know what it's called. Did I call the Moo Moo um, where she's wearing the oh, white the nightgown? The nightgown. It's yeah. just a nightgown. It's not Carol Moo Moo. Okay. I'm obsessed with it. I need that in my life. I loved it. Where is it from? Because I need to have that. Or did you make uh, it? It's from it's from a brand called Zarena. Uh-huh. Um, I think the gown is actually on ShopBop right now. Um, but it's actually, I think, a dress. But so Stacy, the showrunner, is obsessed with white nightgowns. She wears them. So those were all scripted. Um, and I think she has like a rotation of six in the whole season because I wanted it to be believable. She's not going to have like an insane collection of nightgowns. But yeah, that um, that was all Stacy. But I found that there's a store in Toronto called the Narwhal that is kind of like high end um, chic women's wear, but like a little bit. It's not stuffy, right. which I, I went there because I thought it would be good for Billy. But um yeah, no, I love that. I actually, and so that was Zarena, and then some of her others are Doen um, from LA, and I, I bought myself a Billy nightgown. <laughs> it I felt, felt like I needed it. It yeah. felt that opening scene. It felt so pure, and and yeah. I, and you saw that through the through the outfit, and I yeah. I, I love that scene. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it it well, and I think that's such a great contrast to how we meet her, and that was very deliberate. I love it. But let's get to the point. I mean, how was it dressing Brad? <laughs> obsessed with Brad. It's so funny because he's so uh he's so funny and you he's so serious in the show. And so everyone's like, what's he like? And he's so he's very charming and funny. Um and he and Sarah are the cutest thing ever together um I know I'm dying because they met on the set and they fell in love I mean um, no wonder those scenes were like really real oh like, they, they felt so intense it was like okay I remember I remember I can't remember what scene it was when I was watching the dailies and I was like okay whoever like I don't know if they did a chemistry read but like it works something whoever did the casting really uh, did God's work in that yeah. regard. But um, yeah, uh, he was amazing, super collaborative. He just like loved his closet and he kind of, it was so simple, his closet. It was all because, you know, I I really don't like it when you see exceptionally wealthy people, particularly who work in the music industry, dressed really outlandishly because that's just not how it is. Like I grew up, um, with like friends and bands who've gone on to do great things and they all just wear t-shirts and jeans. And so I was like, we're not doing like the dog and pony show with this guy. I'm like, or I'll quit. Like, it's just and not- he doesn't need it really. Like no. he's so grand dad. Like he's just so grand. Yeah. Um, but his, like his modern day, uh, leather jacket, we made that as well with Izzy, um, And yeah, just like, and you know, his shoes, that's where we went really expensive was like his shoes and like he had nice jeans, but I mean, everything was. You're right. Music executive. I mean, okay. So guys, Brad plays a record uh, label executive or music executive and you're right. 
if they're gonna have really nice things, it's gonna be their shoes and a watch and a yeah, great watch. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You're right. Um, so I'm glad to hear that he's awesome and that he's everything yeah. that we dream he is. Hilarious, like hilarious. Um, I mean, they they are all lovely people, but he's very funny. Well, the most important question: Episode three, minute nineteen, second twenty-eight, frame three. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The did you did you custom design that too? Is it prosthetic? Um, no comment. She's that not is the art department. That too is bad. Like, the thing besides the leather jacket, I get asked the most about, and no comment. I'm not. We, we understand the word. But yeah, we had we couldn't just ignore the elephant in the room. Okay? Right, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> but I get, but I get so many people I haven't heard from in years. I'm like. Really, this is this is what you're gonna reconnect with me over? But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I have another question. In the first um, couple of production meetings that you guys started to have, did you or anyone think this is gonna be a big hit? Like, was that in anybody's mind? I think Netflix did. I think they knew, um, but. And Stacy, our showrunner, was so passionate about it and so um, invested in it. I think it's hard for things to not be successful when you have someone at the helm like that. I just never know because there, there have been so many projects I've been on where I'm like, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be a hit. And, you know, it looks great on camera, but then the editor screws it up or turns it into something else or the studio changes it completely and so for me I've gotten to a point in my career where I am just invested in the process because I never know how the product is gonna end up and I actually find when I'm more focused on enjoying the process and like the minutiae of my job those are the projects that turn out weirdly the best so I I think we all kind of knew we were onto something, but I, I think every everyone in film is always like, I don't know, like hopefully it's great. But yeah, it yes and no, I guess is the short answer to that. Well, question is, are we looking into a season two? Because I'm dying if there isn't. I don't know. I would be very shocked if Netflix did not greenlight it. I know like when we were rapping, Stacy had ideas for season two, but I have no idea. Like Netflix- Well, let's pray, let's no. put it yeah. good juju out there. I yeah. will say that if if like fans are listening, if so how Netflix decides whether they're gonna green light something is if you watch from start to finish. So like even if you liked the show and you've only watched two episodes, finish it. Mm. the watch time is important yes yeah so i know that it's done incredibly well it's been number one and number two all over the world for the past few weeks so i i think it would be insane if they didn't but i i don't we look forward to it yeah i think i think i would be shocked if it if it doesn't yeah and netflix if you're listening you have to do an entire (laughs) show an entire season just on billy's past nothing else yes that's what you are that's what you want that's that's very like that made me feel like me nostalgic yeah like it was so like I could relate to Billy, you know. I haven't been married. I don't have kids. I I don't have a hot goddess ex-boyfriend that I'm going to run to. But I don't know. There's that thing about Billy just, like, trying to figure her life out. And it doesn't matter what stage in your life is. We're all always trying to figure the shit out, you know. And kind of, like, torn between, like, should we, should we not? It's just something that's very relatable. Well, I think also, I think there are a lot of people who realize when you have it all like on paper that like that doesn't matter if you're not like satisfied in your heart not to be all cheesy but it's true like you can you and I think what was interesting with COVID is a lot of people like had to pause and have that moment of like oh my life needs a restructuring and I think that this story has come at a really good time for people right 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 because it was like on paper, it looked perfect, but yeah. you know we know that there's yeah. always internal battles in every relationship and right. marriage. And and so Avery, 
speaking speaking about COVID, you mentioned in the beginning of the episode or with us um, mm-hmm. that it was completely different shooting during COVID. What was that like? Yeah, so we were the first show back within like the we were the first American production back in Toronto. So I had to write COVID protocols on how to do costume and like it was like crazy. Um, and it really at the beginning, I had a really hard time with it because it felt like COVID was like sucking the life out of, you know, the job that I love. Um But, and the thing that was tricky with it is we were doing shorter days and Sarah was in every single scene. So there were some instances where like Stacey would be like, I want to see this coat on her with like, she wanted to see different options. And I would have Sarah stand in a specific spot and specific pose, every fitting. And then I would literally cut the jackets out from past pictures and glue them on to pictures because we couldn't do all the fittings with Sarah that we needed. So it was having to be really creative in, um, you know, different ways. Oh, and I wasn't allowed on set anymore, which was insane for me. So I had to do everything. Yeah. So my set key K would who like the set key is the person who manages the continuity and make sure like the cast looks great. So K would send me pictures before they would roll and I'd be like, adjust here, change this. And Sarah and I would like FaceTime when she'd be getting dressed. Like most actors are used to you like being in their trailer, helping them get ready, making sure like, you know, you'll put out earring options and deciding on it together. And I couldn't do that. So and, that and was, that, and that is because you could only have a number, a certain amount of number on set. Correct. Yes. So then you could set and Netflix was working in like, zones or pods so like I was in the office pod and I wasn't in the set pod so they wouldn't let me cross over yeah so that was really crazy um and just you know the challenges of also like Toronto was in a lockdown for like forever so no stores were open um so we were having to do everything online Ooh, and online when you purchase online just to get things from the U.S. to Canada, isn't that also like kind of a, a, a little bit of a pain in the butt sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it took a lot of planning and what we did because we'd shot for two weeks when we went to camera. We, we'd done it for two weeks and we were like, I think like the rest of the world, okay, we're going to take a two week break. <laughs> that turns into five months. So we go back and my assistant, Laura and I did a giant spreadsheet of every single change Billy had like it was like forensic level crazy but it helped and I I highlighted any change that um Sarah had in red that I thought not would be a problem change but like a change for instance the steakhouse dinner when she wears that dress there and she can't decide what dress she's gonna wear I was like this dress will be a thing like Sarah will have an opinion Stacy will have an opinion I'll have an opinion we'll need a lot of options so any dress that was kind of like that I highlighted in red and so we prioritized those changes first to get them in so we could nail them and then we kind of went from there. So it took a lot of like kind of pulling all of the moving parts apart and putting them back together was sort of how we navigated it. And it it was tricky, you know, all the actors have had to wear masks. And so, you know, you don't get the full effect of how they're going to look anymore in a fitting. It It was, it was challenging, but now I kind of designing in COVID I'm on my third project now in COVID. And now I feel like I'm just like, bring it. I can do anything. You're such a pro now. And you yeah. and I feel like you're super organized about it. You have your Excel sheet going on. Yeah. So now we're going to get to the fun part. What okay. sign are you? Because I think I know there's either oh, two yeah. signs that you okay. could be. But okay. I may be wrong. I want to know what you think. Either a Virgo or a Capricorn. Okay, Taurus. But I have four signs in Capricorn. So... Oh my god, I'm a Taurus too. First really? of all, <laughs> finally got we got it wrong. <laughs> I'm usually right. She's always right. I'm always wrong. I'm very complicated that you think I'm a Virgo though. Like, I'm a I'm, Virgo. I, well, because of the Excel sheet. Yes. <laughs> the whole this the, the very you know what it is, it's because I'm inherently not an organized person. And so I force myself because with work it makes my life so much easier. But yeah, no, I'm I'm Taurus. 
Libra rising Capricorn moon. When is your birthday? May 5th, 88. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, Taurus says we, we're great. We're creative. We're stubborn. We know what we yeah. want, but we get shit done. Yes. We may be like running around like last minute getting shit done, but we are getting it done. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And I'm the Excel queen. <laughs> yes, she yeah. would be. So yeah. tell us like what's, you know, now that we have such an expert in fashion and you've, you know, dealt with so many great designers, what's happening in, you know, and trends that are coming up, any fall fashion trends that we should be looking for? Or are we too early? Can you talk summer? I don't know. Oh, it's so funny because I actually am so not that person. <laughs> I don't pay attention. I mean, I think it's kind of a tourist thing because it's like I like what I like and I like classic things. Um I mean, I can tell you designers that I really like right yes. now. Like Christopher John Rogers, who we used on Sex Life. I think he's incredible. And I um, watch everything that he's kind of doing right now. So he's kind of my favorite. Um, and Dries Van Noten is like, I mean, he's been around forever, but Sasha wore a lot of him. Um, trends. Sasha was the roommate? Yeah. Okay. Well, the best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She dressed well, exceptionally great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was kind of my show pony. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Those I'm, are two good ones to know. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. like I'm always. I, whenever people ask me about trends, I'm like I'm the worst person to ask. <laughs> well, where right? What are, what are some of the, your favorite stores, like online stores? Um, there's a store in okay, the Real Real. Oh yeah, fantastic. Like, mm-hmm waiting for my sponsorship at this time because <laughs> all I talk about is the real real literally 90% of Billy and Sasha's closet are from the real real mm-hmm. um I love there's an amazing consignment store in Toronto called VSP like um the letters VSP and my friend Britt owns it and I buy everything there I just got a really cute Bottega Veneta purse from there um else you know i gotta say barney's clothing really broke my heart why i just loved barney's <laughs> so much um but yeah i'd say the real like i just it's sustainable you can find really incredible vintage on there um yeah and i'm really excited for phoebe philo's new collection that's gonna come out well then we have to look out for that we have to look yeah. out for that Question, Avery. So anybody listening that would want to like follow in your footsteps, there's any advice you give them? Um, Is there anything that maybe you would have wanted to hear like coming up that maybe now you learn through like going through like hardship? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think like to just like trust the process and know that like it'll happen when it happens. There were so many times when I was like really like pushing for things and like getting an agent when I wasn't ready for it, they'll call you. Trust me. Like when you're ready to have an agent, you will get lots of calls, but they don't care if you want one like that. It's sort of like dating, unfortunately with agents. So there's that. I would say really try to network but like from an from an earnest, honest place, like not in a using people like I just love meeting new people and connecting people. I've always been like that. Like if I know someone's interested in something and I know someone else, like I always want to introduce them and um, meeting as many people in the industry you want to work in and um, connecting with them and offering up your work uh, that. I think that's really what got me to where I am and opened so many doors. Um, so I'd say those two things. And I also think showing gratitude when people do nice things for you. Um, I always send flowers. Like when I got sex life, I sent Lewis flowers. Those things really matter. Um, when people remember it and it cut for me, it comes from a place of like, Oh my God, like you really did me a solid, but like, I think it's really important to acknowledge when people do kind things because we also work in such a cutthroat industry. So a hundred percent. It's so true because yeah, there is a lot of people that are ready to like not do those kind things. And when you do, it's kind of like you stand out regardless. Like it just shows a little bit of who you are as a person. Um, And I like that. I think that's very Taurus of you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we like we're, we're connectors too. Like we like to connect and build to other people. Like we're not selfish in that sense. 
Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, the nice thing about the industry, I mean, I got into it at this point when like, there's a ton of work. So like people aren't fighting for work right now. And so I think, you know, there are lots of opportunities. It's not like dog eat dog right now, which I think is really nice. Um, but I've never had that attitude of like, like, I really believe that the jobs I get are meant for me. And if someone gets a job over me, I'll be disappointed sometimes like, oh, I really wanted that. But I'm always like, you know what? Like that is their path. That is the like director they should be working with. And that's for them. And that like, however it turns out, they were supposed to be a part of it. So um, I agree. So anybody listening that maybe you're like in that struggle of like competition with other people or like feeling like you're being left out, you have to think about it. Like what's for you? It's for you. Nobody can take it away. So And Nobody. I think also, like there was a point in my career where I was getting reject. I remember one summer, I think I had three projects go down that I was really excited for. And then I kept getting rejected and rejected. And I was just like, it was like to the point of like, am I cursed? Like, did someone put a hex on me? Like it was that it, and you just have to be really resilient and like have the audacity to think you deserve to take up space in this industry. That that's a lot of it too, is like, you know, the people that I still see who started out with me, who are still doing it, they haven't given up. And like, you know, I missed my twenties. I didn't, well, I didn't miss it, but I, I went on my first vacation when I was 29. Like I worked from the time I was 21 until, and I would, I, you know, I'd go to New York for a weekend, but it would always be like related to work. Um, and so I think, there's a certain level of like dedication. And sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had like, I wish I'd taken the time in my twenties and connected with so-and-so more, but like now that I'm in my thirties and I've like reached this point, I'm actually like enjoying it. So there is, you know, a level of sacrifice that I made to get to this point. And where do you see yourself like in the near, I mean, you're still so young. There's so much more for you and your career, but like, what would be your like dream your next dream thing. Like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, it's funny when I first started, I traveled a lot for work and I just wanted to be in Toronto. Cause like, I know Toronto and now that I've done, I think this will be, I think three or four projects in a row I've done here. I really want to travel for work again. I think also because of COVID, like I just want to see the world. So I really want to do a period film, um, outside of Toronto although I wouldn't be mad if it was in Toronto too, but you know, somewhere like Italy, maybe um, I really want to work with a 24. I really like what they do. Um, that's a production company for people listening who don't know what a 24 is. Um, and I just want to work more with like friends that I've worked with before. That's the amazing thing about the film industry. Once you like really kind of start to make things with other people who have had some success as you start work, it's like, kind of like going to school with your friends and getting paid like it so um the guys who did ready or not um radio silence I really want to work with them again I really want to work with Zoe Lister Jones who did the craft again um and my friend Taylor who's an actress Taylor Page um she was just in Zola um I really want to work with we were talking about like trying to do our next thing together if possible but um yeah, just like working with, there's something really special about finding kind of your people in the film industry and making things together. It's like a really beautiful thing. And so I just want to, I want to work with my people. I love that. Now, as far as um, any cool new projects that you can talk about that you're currently working on or about to greenlight possibly? Yeah, um, I just finished a Christmas movie, a 1980s Christmas movie called 8-Bit Christmas with um, Michael Douse directed it. It's for HBO Max. It'll come out later this year. It's better. Oh, 1980s. I love it. That fashion's going to yeah. be amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Um, it's about a kid who's like not allowed Nintendo um, and goes on like kind of a mission to um, try and get one which I wasn't allowed Nintendo when I was little so I was like this is for me <laughs> um, so that and then I'm working right now um on a Netflix miniseries called um painkiller that's about the opioid crisis in America I've heard about it 
Yeah, um, directed by Peter Berg. So I can't really say more than that about it, but I'm really, uh, really into it and really excited. And it's like, a, but that's that's more like documentary style. Yeah, I mean mm -hmm. it. It. I mean it's got like actors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. More. Um, it's scripted, but it it's oh. it's more serious. Got it. Um, it's definitely like the opposite of sex life. Um, like it's all like normal people clothing and, um, but it, it's, it's going to be really interesting. And I think an important story for a lot of people to understand, um, that world. So that's very interesting. You have a range, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I pick, I, I never really pick things based on like what I think I should do, but more like how I feel. And anytime I've ever picked something to do based on what I think I should do, it's a hot mess and I hate it. So, yeah. That's important. That'll follow your gut. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because there are so many times when people have told me like, oh, you should do this. You should do this. And I like, I, I've been like this since I was little. I'm like, nope, no way, not doing it. And I won't do it. And then I'll hear like the person who ended up doing it. It's like a giant dumpster fire. So I just, I've learned to really trust my gut. Yeah, I, I learned that if you feel like that iffy feeling that maybe, I don't know, I'm not sure, it's a no. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And that's like your intuition just telling you something. But yeah, where can people follow you? Where can, you know, they keep up with you? Yeah, um, on Instagram, my handle's Avery, or like at Avery Pluis. Um, I check Twitter occasionally. I'm not the best at it. Um, I'm super visual, so I just like Instagram. And then I have a website. It's just averypluis.com. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. I love it. I think this was amazing. This is so interesting. We're so honestly, you, you did such yeah. an amazing job. I think oh, you should be proud of yourself. I know watching thank back you. the show, do you think like, wow, I nailed it. I got the right outfit for this. I'm very critical of myself. <laughs> Usually, like, I have this thing where I can't watch a project I've done for the first time with other people. It's, like, really nuts. But it's because I watch for all the mistakes <laughs> that anyone could have done. Um, and then I'll watch it with other people when I'm, like, more comfortable. I'm getting to a place where I don't have to do that anymore, um, where I'm just, like, whatever. Like, it's the, the project's done. If there's a mistake, what are you going to do? You can't go edit it yourself. But, um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy with how it turned out, and I'm very happy that it it has connected with people, especially in this weird mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. that we're going through. That like people have really like related and found joy in the costumes that we put together. We did so. Congratulations yeah. and best of luck with everything else that's coming. Yeah. And we look forward to season two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let everyone fingers crossed. Right? Everybody watch everything till the end. Okay. Yeah. Please. Watch all the episodes. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully we can talk to you soon. Maybe season yeah, two. Yeah. Totally. We love talking to you guys. Yeah. Thank it was Avery. so much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Avery. Keep kicking ass. You're doing great. Oh, you are. <laughs> Thank you Thank everyone you. for listening and we will catch up with you next episode. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.